You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> hey guys, producer Darren here. Have you heard? Cindy Stewart has a new book. It's called New Moves of God. This book will open your spiritual eyes to see what God is doing so you can position yourself to be part of one of the most significant invasions of world culture in kingdom history. It will empower you to step into God's moves as he releases new anointings and new assignments that will far surpass your wildest imaginations. If you're a listener of her podcast, I'm sure that caught your attention. You can get your hands on that book right now. Just visit cindy-stewart.com or check out the link in the description or show notes. Again, that's cindy-stewart.com. Cindy Stewart podcast, a source for encouragement as you learn to discover God's dream for your life. With a passion to help you on your journey, here is your host, Cindy Stewart. Okay, today we're going to talk about God's blueprint to build. Uh, This is kind of a continuing part of our, another little piece of our uh, birthing a movement that God's been given us. You can go back to January 15th and listen to it from the beginning and what I shared, the overview of what God's calling us to do and what he's going to do. And uh, like we heard, he is good and he does it. And thank you, Lord, for who you are. Um, Yes, you can go back there and listen. There'll be a portion every week for a while uh, until we get done talking about it. Each week I send out prayer points, so you should be getting those. I appreciate you opening them and praying over them. You know, it just helps us stay united and stay on the same page and pray into where God has taken us because we don't fully understand where God has taken us. We just know that there is a dynamic shift for us and that he's taken us somewhere that's going to be great. I don't know how else to explain it, but I want to do a a little quick review and then I'm going to talk about uh, the blueprint and we'll just go as far as we can go till we feel like we're done and then we'll do some more next week. But, you know, I told you guys that God has given us a mandate and that mandate is to birth a movement for the kingdom of God now. And that movement, it's, it's almost like from the switch going from off to on. There's a sudden shift of everything that he's doing. And, you know, we talk, we've talked about it for over a year. I mean, I wrote that new book, New Moves of God, because of what he's been showing us. But there's new assignments. There's new anointings. There's new positioning. We just heard of repositioning. There's, uh, you know, a shift of wealth, which we will talk about in the weeks to come. I'm not going to go to that today because we just don't have time. But there is something that is sovereign about what God is doing. There is something that is a Kairos time about what God is doing. And it really does, like even Keith was sharing, I just said, I want aloe plants. God, okay, here comes a truck of aloe plants. Boy, I'd love to see my uncle. Okay, here comes, you know, it's almost like before it comes out of our mouth, that's what the word says. Before we can finish, he has answered. And it's almost, uh, almost a little unnerving. Because it's outside of our norm. It's outside of our patterns. It's outside of what we've gotten used to. So uh, it throws us off. 
because we're used to sleeping in and now suddenly it's 5 a.m. and God's like, get up. We're used to taking this way to go to work and all of a sudden God's like, turn left. You're like, I don't go that way, God. He's like, I don't care. Because the way that I'm going to show you is a new way and it's going to be a better way than anything you can do. And, and that's what we have to understand. It is a time where we're going to see and we are seeing a shift of the righteous ruling in the time where it appears that the evil have the upper hand, but it's not true. It is not true. And, and we're seeing more and more evidence of this shift of God. So um, he's really positioned us with his favor and his blessing. And we are really, we are living out of that in so many ways that sometimes we don't even recognize that what he's done until we look back and we're like, God, that was you, wasn't it? That was you. One of the scriptures I want to share with us is Deuteronomy 28, 12 through 13. And this scripture talks about how God has blessed us with favor and with his blessings and, of course, with his presence. And from this, our enemies and our adversaries, our neighbors and our family, our friends that don't know the Lord are being drawn to us so they can benefit from the overflow that God is pouring into us. Because you know that as we are filled with these blessings and these favors and healing and prosperity and all these different things, things, there is an overflow. There is a splash out that happens. And there are people that, and I talked about this quite a bit last week, that want to be next to us so they can live in the overflow of God in us. Whether they know him or not, they know that there is a God that we believe in that is creating a protection, a financial blessing, a family unity, all these different things that they are not experiencing. And they're wanting to get close, maybe because they don't understand the spiritual side, but mentally they can see what's happening. So Deuteronomy 28, 12 through 13 says, the Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens to give you rain to your land in its season. When there's rain, we know it, it, it floods the land and growth begins. And to bless all the work of your hand. And you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. And the Lord will make you the head, not the tail. You shall be above only and not be beneath. We are always the head. We are not the tail. We lead. We do not follow. It, if you heed the commandments of the Lord, your God, which I command you today and are careful to observe them. So in this process of going deeper with the Lord and growing with him and expanding with him, there is this suddenly that appears to be occurring that God has prepared for all along. It's almost like Joseph, you know, God put Joseph in that place 
to uh, bring the blessings of the Lord while all along behind the scenes, God was providing a place for Israelites to come because there's a famine in their land and they were starving. So here's Joseph getting the blessings of all the pagans so that Israel could come up underneath and get the overflow of food and provision and land and everything they needed in order to survive through that famine. And that's what God is doing for us. And, you know, if your eggs are $8 a dozen, or how, I think I paid seven something for 18 or something, we're just going to declare chickens arise <laughs> and produce. I'm serious. You know, wherever the problem is, we are the head and we are not the tail. And we say, oh, I'm so mad about playing $8 for eggs. No, I am so mad that the enemy's got the upper hand in that economic realm. So we're calling forth for the chickens to produce and the farmers to harvest and the eggs to stabilize, right? Okay. And what? Be in abundance. That's right. I mean, really, I know that that sounds very elementary, but that is at the level God is calling us to rule and reign over. It's not just over the government and the nations. It's over the chickens and the cows. It's over the, the, uh, for, uh, the fertile ground where we call out all of the GMOs that have been produced within our fertile ground and call that ground holy and righteous and pure and bless the farmers who are tolling and, and working for that harvest that they will see an abundance of harvest. So let's take care of the food first, right? <laughs> but really, I'm talking about this is the simplicity of the move of God in this hour. And wherever there's a problem, you've got the power in your tongue and of the word of God to shift the problem. And it, it doesn't need to be everybody. God called Joseph one. Whoever sees the problem, jump on that problem and beat it to death with the word of God until it submits to God and reproduces in the way it should. I'm serious. This is, this is birthing a movement. This is what is birthing a movement. So um, anyhow, whew, I, I am so serious about this. I am so serious because the tides are turning for his people. The tides are turning for his people. We are building alliances with influencers that have a level of influence that we don't have, but they are opening the door of invitation for us to step into. And, you know, we get worried about whether they're believers or not believers. God can use an unbeliever to open the door to whatever for us. And who knows, in the process, we may be the one that leads them to the Lord. And they may not, but God will work that out. That's his job to turn the hearts of the people toward him. Our job is to step into the open door that he has provided for us, whether it's a believer or unbeliever. We have to realize that we're, we are uh, um, integrated with a lot of unbelievers in our jobs, in our neighborhoods, everywhere. And we have to learn how to live among them without 
spitting on them and walking in what God has called us to do as they are in our midst. We may be the only light that they see. Okay, let's move on from there. Whew. But just ask God to expand your connections. Expand those doors of opportunity. Expand the influencers that are near you because you never know how God's going to use it. So God's been giving me a little bit more clarity as we're moving forward in this uh, movement. And I just want to reinforce one thing. And someone mentioned it in, the, in their testimony that God is birthing something in your personal relationship with him as you spend time with him. He is also birthing something as we corporately gather and spend time as one. We cannot have the fullness of what he has for us in our quiet time alone, nor in our corporate time alone. We can't do one without the other. This requires our personal time of sacrifice to him, as well as our time of corporate gathering with each other. Because it takes all of us and as we grow in our individual time, we bring an extra a rapid of the river when we corporately come together. Okay. Uh, we're going to go to Exodus. We're going to read a little bit through Exodus. God's been talking to me about that quite a bit. And, and part of what he's been taking me on in this journey is we have to remember where we've been with God in order to know where he's taken us. We have to go through a process of knowing uh, and remembering and acknowledging and honoring the journey that we've been on with him. Because as we remember, it builds our faith and it helps us to step into the harder things that we perceive are harder as he calls us into these things. So Exodus uh, 3, and we're just going to read a couple of scriptures. We're actually going to read quite a few. So just hang on. Because the word is alive. When the word is read, we are changed. I always encourage people, if you can, read a little bit of the word out loud. There's something about it coming out of your mouth and you hearing it with your ear. Okay, verse 2, and it says, The angel of the Lord appeared to him, Moses, in a flame of fire in the midst of a bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, he called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he says, here I am. Then he said, do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet for the place where you stand is holy ground. You know, we have those times where it's such a tangible, uh, like Kathy was saying, it's such a tangible wake up, come in be with me. I want to talk to you. I want to touch you. I want to whatever the X is. I want to confirm with you. I want you to be able to smell something different, whatever it is. But there's those tangible times that are those lines of demarcation in our life that they almost catapult us into I can do anything with God. 
because I have a marker on this time that I had with him. And we all have them. We've, we've all had times that we've, we, that are just completely changed us. I don't know what verse I was on. Does anybody know? Five. Okay. Verse six. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face for he was afraid to look upon the Lord. Now, God reminded him of who he was and Moses would have known who the God of Abraham, who the God of Jacob, who the God of Isaac was. You know, God reminds us to look back on what he's promised so that we can live out of what he's fulfilled. Verse seven, and the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. So I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up from, uh, bring them up, I think it's from that land to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to a place the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Pezzarites and the Hivites and the Jesuites. Well, we got all the bites there. So he is bringing them into a land. So he has encountered God. God has told him who he is, who God is. And then God says, this is what is about to occur. We are coming out of bondage and we are coming in to the land that God has promised us. We are coming out of a time where it is an oppressive. Um, the only word I can say I can think of is. Uh, oh, gosh, I can't even come up with it. Um, I can see it in my head. But I can't, what I'm trying to say is we we are coming out of a time where we have leaned on everyone but God to take us where he has promised us. We have leaned on, well, who's the next president? We have leaned on, what's my next job? We have leaned on, maybe in the next place I live. We've leaned on all these, maybe when I have a million dollars in my Savings account. You know, we've leaned on all these external things to take us to where God has promised us instead of leaning on God, who is the one who originated the promise that he gave to us. And, you know, how many times have we thought, well, when this happens, then I'll be able to. Or, you know, once we can get X, then we'll see a move of God. And God's word never says, once you figure out the flow of man, then you'll be able to flow in my promise. He has never said that. He says, once you flow in my promise, then you will never have to lean on the man, any man. And, and I think that is part of the breaking open that God is doing now. It's like, and I preached on this last year. You can look at it at the end of the year. This is the year of the church. 
This is the year of the body of Christ beginning to rise up in a way that we've never seen. We're going to see a unity across a disunity that we've lived in for so long. We're going to see a willingness for one denomination to cross over and partner with someone that has some extraneous disagreements with their theology. I can't wait till God gets a hold of us when we get to heaven and, and explains what his theology really is. There's one God. There's one God. Yes. And he is love. And his theology is you love me with all your heart and all your soul and everything else works out. That is his theology. And, and you know, anyhow, whew. but I do think, you know, sometimes I think we come up with this stuff and he's like, oh, babe, that is not me. <laughs> That's not even close to what I was trying to say through that scripture. But when we know him. And that sacrifice of time, that sacrifice of being willing to do whatever he's called us to do. When we know him, then suddenly the word becomes different. Because we're reading the word through his story, not through what we want his story to do for us. And I believe that that is kind of the rising up of the church right now is suddenly we've decided to join God's story instead of trying to get him to join our story. Because we, our story is birthed out of his story. His story is not birthed out of us. My top 10 desires are not his. And if they are, then he'll give them to me. You delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Psalms 37. But what we have, we have to shift. And this is part of this whole move. We're, we are shifting our focus to the Lord. And we're shifting our obedience to whatever you say sounds good. And we are shifting to, yeah. You want me to quit my job? Great. You want me to move? Great. You want me to stay? Great. Whatever is great. As long as you have breathed on it, because I know once you've breathed on it, then everything else will work itself out. Everything. Amen. That's right. It's so freeing. Isn't it freeing? To know that we don't have to micromanage God. He doesn't need a flow chart. He knows the way. And we don't need a flow chart because he'll show us the way. Anyway, anyway, that's funny. God is funny. Okay, so I, I want to just move on, move on. Um, we're going to go to Exodus 16, and I want to talk a little bit because, oh, I'm sorry, I missed reading one scripture. It's going to be 318 because I want to talk about this a little bit. I've gotten a little excited, so I have to... Okay, it says, uh, so he's, you know, talk about taking him to the land of milk and honey and all this sort of stuff. He said, then they will heed your voice and you shall and, and shall come you and the elder. Wait a minute. Let me start over. Then they will heed your voice and you shall come you and the elders of Israel to the king of Egypt. And you shall say to him, the Lord God of the Hebrews has met with us. And now please let us go for three days journey into the wilderness that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. 
the reason I wanted to read this is because there is a sacrifice, and I've talked about this a lot, and we'll probably talk about it a lot more. There's a sacrifice being called on for each of us from the Lord. He is calling us to just, he is, he is calling us to move out of our comfort and begin to be sacrificially present with him. When they sacrificed unto the Lord out in the wilderness, there was sacrifice, there was worship, there was uh, uh, a community breath of God in that place. And what um, God keeps showing me is that this sacrificial giving unto Lord, whether it's financial, whether it's time, whether it's uh, obedience, whatever it is, that is, the, that is the key to unlocking what God is doing in this hour. His move is coming with our sacrifice. And you, you can ask the Lord, Lord, what does that mean to me individually? Because he will show you what that means to you. He will, he will go through a process with you to let you know whether it's getting up early, whether it's whatever it is. I, I don't know what it would be for you. For me, it's just waiting on him. Uh, I read three books this week. He's like, I want you to get this out, get, get this out and order this book out, this book. And so I read all three of those books and it wasn't necessarily the content of the book. It was about uh, going back through the book. I mean, as I read through the book, I'm going through scripture, remembering what God is doing. And the books were kind of in that vein. One of them was, uh, uh, you know, a, uh, one of the ancient fathers, you know, those type of books. But it was about going back and remembering the father who created us, remembering the movement that he did from the beginning of time for all of these thousands of years to get us to the, uh, the time that we're in right now that will bring harvest that will bring, bring a transformation in this hour for us. So um, I just wanted to read that because I, I want us to, to keep in mind there's going to be a sacrificial call for all of us in this time. And for many of you, there's probably already have already been that. Um, let's go to uh, chapter 16. In this time of shifting and change and new things, and I felt like this was a little bit of a warning for us. Um, chapter 16, verse 2. They've, they've come out into the wilderness and the whole congregation, verse 2 says, the whole congregation of the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said to them, oh, that we died in the hand of the Lord. I mean, died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt. When we sat by the pots of meat and when we ate the bread to the full. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Okay. When God moves us out of our familiar into the unfamiliar and it becomes a sacrifice, a strain, a so out of our norm. We're going to have to watch our flesh not rising up against whoever is leading 
You know, it may be a person that you rise up again. It may be a group of people you rise up again. It may be the church. It may be whatever. But really what is happening are you, you are actually rising up against God's plan for your life in that grumbling. And I felt like the Lord wanted me to warn us that as he puts us in this unfamiliar, uncomfortable, uh, unusual time and season that we are going to have to garner our guard, our flesh from rising up and complaining against what God is trying to do to get you into the position he has for you to move you forward in where he wants you to be. And when we get in that awkward place, Lord just shared it, you know, three months. She's said without a job. She runs out of money. What does God do? He sends a provision in order to protect what he has called for until the fullness of the next step comes for her. And our choice is to praise God in the difficulty, in the awkwardness, in the uncomfortable, in the, in the weariness, even in the frustration of waiting. Our, our goal is to praise him, to offer him a sacrificial worship, a sacrificial bowing down to him in order not to allow our own flesh to rise up and delay or interfere with what God is calling us to do. So that was just a little warning because it, it's a tough thing. We know that when God moves us into a situation we weren't expecting. You know, they wanted to go back, even though back was terrible. Back was oppression. Back was they were having to work double time, go get their own hay. You know, back was awful. But back was all they knew. And sometimes back is great. If I could only go back, how many times that yeah, I've heard people say, oh, to be 30 again or to be in high school again. I'm thinking, yeah, I'm like, no, thank you. But, you know, for some people, that was the highlight of their life. And so it's easier to go back than to go forward. So we just need to keep in mind that we have to overcome our trepidation. And we overcome by the word of God by the praise of our mouth, by the prayers of others. If we need prayer, we, we just have to stay and say, flesh, you are not going to rise up against me. Enemy, you are not going to taunt me to turn my head away from God or to wish I was somewhere else or that I would go back to the old place. God, I'm just saying that I am standing on your word, but your promise has called me forward. And though I may not know what tomorrow brings, what I know is the word says, I don't worry about today. I mean, I don't worry about tomorrow because today is full. Amen. Okay, so we're going to we're going to let that one go for a minute. And then the other thing I just want to mention is that they kept the Lord told them to keep one omer of manna in a jar to remember that he provided for them. And for 40 years, that was the remembrance that every day the manna would fall, the quail would come, that they would be fed. And on Saturdays or right before Sabbath, double time, you get double the amount. So. The remembrance of what God has done in your life is so key in this hour to go back and remember. Lord, I remember. 
I remember, I remember. I celebrate you for what you've done for me. Keep your memorials. I don't know if you have memorials or not, but keep your memorials. I was thinking about uh, my grandmother the other morning when I woke up and just, she was faithful unto the Lord and just remembering her faithfulness and her prayer. And I'm sure that made a lot of difference in where I am today because of her intercession. And when we remember what God has done in our past, it gives us the faith to move, to move forward. It really does. Okay. Last part we're going to go into, and then I think I'm going to stop there, is um, I'm going to skip this part. You know, Moses encounters uh, the Lord. Then all of Israel encounters the Lord on the mountain. Then the elders encounter the Lord and actually dine with the Lord. I love that piece right there. And then God gives them the plans. And this is where I want to start. We're going to start with, uh, let me just go to Exodus 25. I'm going to skip some of this. I'll probably come back to it later, but we're going to skip some of this. And I just want to talk about the plans that God is showing us and be a little bit more specific in building. So Exodus 25, one and two, It says, then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to the children of Israel that they may bring me an offering for everyone who gives it willingly with his heart. You shall take an, my offering. So they give this offering, it says, uh, and then, and this is the offering which you shall take from them. Gold, silver, bronze, blue, purple and scarlet thread fine linen and goat's hair, ram skin. Can you imagine bringing that offering? You know, when we bring our offering, it either goes through PayPal text, you know, something. Like that. But, you know, they're carrying these loads of possessions. And many of these possessions they got when they left Egypt. Because it says that they plundered the Egyptians. And the Egyptians were thrilled to give it to them just to get them out of their country. And that's where we're going to talk about wealth coming up, maybe next week. But there is a plunder in our hands. There is a plunder coming to us. There is a plunder that has already began. It's not like next week, next year. It's, it's happening. It's happening right now where there is a shift of finances. There is a shift of wealth that is coming to the body of Christ. And it all has to do with stewardship and what you can handle and all that. And like I said, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But here's some of the details that God has talked to me about in building. Because I feel like we are moving into a physical building season. Um, and we'll talk about spiritual building too. But He's shown me some details and I feel like, first of all, we're going to move. So I need all of you to pray about moving. Number one, uh, I believe that the Lord does want us to open up our school that we've been praying into. And that will be part of our move. In fact, Chuck sent me a building this morning. I was like, that looks good. But, you know, God will unfold and he will finance and he will take care of. Right. Uh, but part of the reason we're going to be building is not only the growth but the um, expansion of our school, I believe we're going to start a leadership school. Gina and I have been talking about that quite a bit. Uh, we've got our MII school, which think about this. We have it on Zoom, which is, you know, on Zoom. But we have in-person classes. Pastor Gene's doing one on Monday nights. We just launched a um, campus up in Spring Hill. 
Um, but I believe we're also supposed to start day classes with internships. So uh, that will create a whole different expansion too. And I keep seeing a studio for us to be able to live stream, be able to go across the nations, to be able to go across the world. Uh, and uh, even Natalie, when I said it the other day, she said, and to record worship to go out. So who knows how God's going to use all that. But I believe there's such an expansion coming. And a prayer ministry, you know, is, is beginning to grow again. We, went, we go through uh, growth and then slips and then growth. But our prayer ministry is really beginning to grow. Inner healing, emotional healing, deliverance, all of that. And I believe that that's going to be a more forefront of what we're doing, physical healing. And I heard this phrase from Sean Bolts. He said, sometimes you get land that bursts the greater purpose that God has called you to. And when he said that, I felt like that was a clear word for us. Sometimes God moves you into a place to birth the greater purpose that he has for you. So I believe that that's part of it too. Um, and then I want to go into a little bit more. So we'll talk about the shift of wealth later, but Exodus 25 verses three, it says that I read part of three already. So they bring oil from, uh, verse 6 says, oil from the light and spices from the anointing oil. And for the sweet incense, onyx stones and stones to be set in the ephod and in the breastplate. And let them make me a sanctuary that I might dwell among them. According to all I show you, that is the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all its furnishings, just so you make it, just so you shall make it. Um, you know, when we first opened the church or before, right before we opened it, God told Chuck that if you will build it, that his presence will always be here. And his presence has always been here. And I felt like we we're supposed to expand that a little bit. So I want to talk about the tabernacle just for a few minutes, just to, I think we ought to look back so we can go forward. But the tabernacle was approximately 15 feet wide, 45 feet long and 15 feet tall. And uh, they don't know the exact weight. I read a little three tons, eight tons, 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 tons. I don't know. But the Ark of the Covenant was over 2,000 pounds just in itself. And in Exodus 40, it says that uh, it took them about nine months to birth what they conceived from God as the blueprints. To build the original. So about nine months for them to get it built. Exodus 40. So um, I had, there was something about that. That made me so excited about that. Because yeah, yeah, we won't go there. Okay. About nine months. Okay. For them to birth it. But we also understand that when they got this whole thing built. And when God said move, they broke it down. They moved and they rebuilt it. When God said move, they broke it down. Then they rebuilt it. In Exodus 33, you can count, give or take, about 29 times over the 40 years did they break that down and reset it. Can you imagine the weight of that assignment? Not only the physical weight of taking that thing apart, carrying it through the wilderness, transporting it, laying it out, putting it back together. We used to do our healing rooms and we used to, how many of you actually came to our healing rooms? Anybody? Okay, that we completely 
transform this room. We had tents, we had this, we had that. And I mean, we would come ahead of time, day ahead of time, break it all down, set it all up, which took the longest part. The setting up took the longest part because the detail and the exactness so that when people came, they could walk through the process and receive healing that God had for them. They would encounter Jesus. They get healing. It was so much fun. So here's the tabernacle of God. He says, build this so my presence will be in it. And when you build it, I'm going to have you break it down and rebuild it, break it down and rebuild it, break it down and rebuild it. That's what God is doing. He is causing us. We know, and I'm not going to go through the New Testament, that we carry his presence in us. And we are submitted to when he says, move, we break it down, we go. Then we rebuild where he calls us to rebuild. And, and that is the shift that is going to be uh, dynamic for all of us being able to break it down and rebuild. So they did that. They would break it down and rebuild. They would carry the presence with them. Um, everybody has a role. As they were taking the tabernacle apart, as they were putting it together, as they were carrying it, every person had a role in carrying the presence of God. Think about this, guys. Like I said, I'm not going to New Testament us today, but we all have a role to carry what God is birthing in us. We all have a role. Not one of us will be exempt from being part of the process. David says, whether I run from you, you're still there. I hide from you, you're still there. If you're supposed to be a part of this process, ain't nowhere you're going to go that God ain't going to get a hold of you and drag you out by your chinny chin chin and say, you stand here because this is your job. So you can't run from this. You can't hide from this. There's no avoidance. You can't pretend you can't hear him. Because what happens is inside of you, you're just like, shut up, shut up, shut up. But you know, it's the Holy Spirit. No matter what, you will not be able to run from the assignment that God has for you in this hour. You will not be able to skip the birth. You know, when you have a baby, you can't skip the birth. There's no way to do that. If you're going to deliver, you're going to deliver. You're not going to skip the birth. And God's not going to let us skip the birth of what he's doing. Whew. And his promise is that he will always be with us, that he will guide us every step of the way and that he will do for us things that our minds cannot conceive, but our spirit has been prepared to receive, right? Let's end on this Exodus 34, 10. And he says, behold, I make a covenant before all your people. I will do marvels, say marvels. Such has not been done in all the earth, nor in any nation. And all the people among whom you are, um, all the people who are among whom you are, shall see the works of the Lord. For it is an awesome thing that I will do with you. So he's going to show us marvels. And he has these awesome things that he's going to do with us. We aren't going to be able to be the bystanders on the side. He's going to do it with us. There's such a partnership in all of this that is happening for us 
that will transform, I'm telling you, the world around us. And the dark may be getting darker, but the light's getting lighter. And there's more light coming for us to partner with. Amen. So where we're going to begin, I just want to say this. I'm encouraging you to remember, just take some time, go back and remember what God has done. To know that he is preparing a transforming work in each one of us individually to be culminated as we come together. And that there is an expectation for tomorrow in, the, in this signs, wonders, marvels, everything he's going to do, provision, all these things, eggs, chickens, everything he's going to do. There is such an expectation that you'll wake up with your heart beating. Thank God. I can't wait to see what you're going to do today. Yes, amen. And to be ready to move at a moment's notice. Well, let's stand, let's pray. If you get a chance, read through that little section of Exodus from uh, 3 into 34. It's very, very powerful. And I know God will speak to you in some of those things too. So Father, we just thank you that there is a blueprint that you're giving us. And the blueprint not only is going to transform us inside, but it's going to pour out on the world around us. And God, that is our heart. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We want to be the kingdom movement. You've already called us. You, even in Exodus 19, you said, we are your treasured people. And we've already been put in that position to rule and reign in righteousness and to see the goodness of, of the Lord uh, surround the earth. And so, Lord, we just thank you for harvest. We thank you for people. We thank you for healing this morning. We thank you for the continual work you're going to do. And God, we just submit. We just offer our sacrifice to you. And we just thank you, Lord, that uh, you are a good God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you are encouraged. If you would like more content like this, please visit cindy-stewart.com. We'll see you next time.